we're back. It's Super Bowl week. You already know what time it is here at the Go Deep Podcast. This is your host, Eric Ramirez, coming to you live from Germantown, Maryland. Your resident New York Jets fan. Otherwise, everything else is Washington sports related. Wizards, Nationals, Capitals, uh, U.S. men's national soccer team, and D.C. United, of course. Let me toss it over to the gambling man himself with the glorious beard. Lauren, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, fellas? It's good to be back in here with you guys. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore heap 21. I'm the DC sports fan, Wizards, Nationals, uh, Capitals, you name it. Uh, the soon to be named football team uh, in, in less than 24 hours. Uh, so hopefully we got a got a name here, but I'll uh, pass it over to the uh, top not rocking leftist kung fu practitioner. Hey, y'all, what's going on? This is AJ coming to you live from Shady Grove, Maryland. Uh, I am at Dunedin Jets on Twitter, uh, or on mo- most socials, actually. Um, and uh, if uh, I'm DC sports fan, with the sole exception of my beloved Baltimore Orioles, Gong Hei Fa Choi, uh, uh, happy Lunar New Year, y'all, for those to celebrate. Oh, yeah. Happy uh, happy Lunar, Lunar New Year's, I believe. You're the it's tiger, the, apparently. You're the tiger, yeah. That's what it is. There we go. Right on. So a um, lot of lot of news going on this past week. Uh, man, jam-packed week indeed. We're going to start off, of course, uh, we've spoke about the Washington Spirit a lot. They're the D.C.'s team for the uh, U.S. Women's National Soccer League here in the United States. Um, so they're like the female version of MLS. Probably a lot more entertaining than MLS because let's be honest, women's soccer is amazing. They're amazing athletes. But we got big news on that front. Uh, AJ, do you mind filling us in on on, uh, on that? Because I think you shared that with us. Yep, yeah, just, a, just a quick update. Um, the, uh, player, the National Women's Soccer League's Players Union, uh, the Players Association, uh, just announced that the board of directors for the National Women's Soccer League has ratified uh, the, um, the new collective bargaining agreement. So congrats, uh, solidarity forever to, to the women's uh, uh, football players, or soccer players, rather. Um, congratulations on your new contract and may you, uh, enforce it often, uh, and eagerly and strongly so that the bosses know, uh, who actually runs this thing. Who run the world girls who run the world? Girl. <laughs> no, yeah. Good on them. Um, excited for the next season to come up. Hopefully the, uh, DC spirit can repeat back to back champs, bring it back home. Yeah, baby. So. We'll see if we can make it out. That's the plan for next season. Got to get those tickets out there. Got to get um, them ticks. That's right. That's right. Sticking with the soccer, um, U.S. men's national soccer team right now playing uh, World Cup qualifiers. They just played uh, El Salvador the other night, um, and they beat them uh, pretty handily. I think it was like 1-0 to zero or something like that. Uh, not quite as much of a competition as um, I was hoping El Salvador would put up. I mean, they played. They, they did a good job. They didn't get scored on to the second half, but yeah, things happen. Um, then they played Canada. Canada beat U.S. two to zero, and tomorrow at seven thirty p.m., U.S. will be hosting Honduras uh, for another round of the World Cup qualifiers. Currently, as we stand, the U.S. is in second place on the table um, with eighteen points on the board. Canada's uh, at number one with twenty-two. And Mexico is tied with the U.S. at 18. So just something to keep an eye on as we prepare for the World Cup uh, coming up in the summer. Next up on the agenda, Major League Baseball. There was another meeting pretty uh, pretty recently. I think it was today or yesterday even. 
Uh, we got some updates on that. Lauren, what you got for me on that end, my man? Yeah, so they had meetings today again, but uh, from what I understand, the talks didn't go very, or they, they didn't get anywhere really. Um, my gatherings of it was that they're still going to have to negotiate and it very much put uh, the spring training in jeopardy. Um, they're, I guess they're still far away on what they want. Um, the major league, yeah, so based off Jeff Passos, who's, or Passin, excuse me, on Twitter, uh, the meeting between the Major League Baseball Players Association and MLB is over. Little progress was made. The on-time opening of spring training at this at this point is in grave danger. Frankly, it would take uh, a miracle of, de- of a deal coming, a miraculous deal coming together to rescue um, a delay feels inevitable. So we're probably going to get a short season, is my assumption, out of all of it. Um, and so we're looking at uh, who knows uh, the COVID year. I think it was 80 games. So, um, you know, from down from uh, 182. So, you know, we'll see what they do and where, where they go from here. Um, wow. Looks, that's, that's like half. That's yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, there is no deal. So, um, so who knows? And then it doesn't list here. He doesn't say here when he, um, when they plan to meet again. So, um, it might be next week. It could be, it could be, uh, my assumption is that MLB people are going to start losing money and especially the, the rich guys at the top. And so Good, we'll see, uh, we the, yeah, the owners. And so we'll see, uh, we'll see how long they hold out. Cause once they start losing money, that's when they start going, okay, we're going to concede to some, th- some things. So, um, we'll see, we'll see who what side caves first and how, what, uh, where it goes from here. But sadly it looks like opening day is going to get pushed back a little bit. Yeah. I, mean, I think, um, you know, from what I saw, the players. Uh, so the the currently, as as conditions stand under the current contract, uh, owners are basically getting away with robbery. Uh, when right. when it comes to rookie players' contracts or newer players' contracts, uh, folks mm-hmm. on your rookie deal uh, really kind of get hosed um, at the beginning part of their um, their career. And so the players have proposed a pool of money that would go to the best, the top performing rookie players. So if you're like, I think the conditions they set were or they proposed are like if you end up in the top like five for rookie of the year or something like that, then you get access to this. Like, and I, I think they proposed 110 million originally, um, $110 million pool of money. Like you, you become uh, able to earn that, you know, based on how you, how you, how your rookie season turned out. Um, and uh, the, the players proposed $110 million to that pool, that pool of money. Uh, and uh, the owners uh, came back with 10 million. Uh, so then the, uh, so obviously that's laughable. Um, so then the uh, the players came back today at, at bargaining today with 105, you know, trying to trying to make some sort of movement, and the owners just didn't move at all. Uh, they remained at 10 million. Uh, so basically, there's a whole lot of nothing there, and that's not even talking about any of the the big the really big issue, which is going to be um, you know that split between uh, the players and the owners in terms of in terms of total revenue. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the diagnosis or the conclusion that we're rapidly approaching here is that uh, at the very least, spring training is the start of spring training is not going to go off. Uh, it's not going to happen. Um, that's scheduled to start on um, on 14th of uh, February on, on Valentine's Day. I doubt that that's going to happen at this point, um, especially without some sort of major uh, movement at a, at, a, at a meeting that's going to take place in the next two weeks. Um, but uh, so, yeah, uh, bad news if you like watching baseball. Um, and, uh, you know, bad news that the owners are being, uh, huge dicks. Now I know you guys, had, one of you had shared, uh, some information to them on, uh, the minor league housing situation. Um, can you, AJ, can you, can you recap on that a little bit too? Cause that was an interesting thing that you brought up. Yeah. So, um, so the minor leagues are not represented by any union. 
um, as we as I continue to remind everyone because folks get it confused. But they do have an advocate an advocacy group that's currently run by a former minor league player, um, and uh, that um, that advocacy group is making was making some waves uh, earlier like this week um, or late last week I can't remember which um, about so the so the MLB proposed a, a new housing policy that would allow uh, minor leaguers to um, to have access to housing um, while they're on the, while they're on the road um, and while they're you know while they're playing for their teams. Um, and uh, they are concerned, the, the minor league players um, advocacy group is concerned about the policy uh, because it doesn't seem as though, um, it, se- it seems as though the minor league players uh, are going to be shuffled into hotel rooms and um, it doesn't allow folks to bring their families all the time. Uh, and, and also when I say hotel rooms, we're talking to two people to a, to a room, um, you know, so, so if you, I don't know if you, if you, if you have an office job or you have to travel for conferences or whatever, your company usually puts you in your own hotel room. You don't usually have to room shack up with some other some other rando. Uh, yep. So you know it's you'd think uh, that the MLB would understand. Actually, you know it's not just that you'd think that the MLB would understand this. Like it's like they you know they themselves understand it. Like the owners get it because if they had to if they were traveling, you know they wouldn't be. Uh, put up with being shacked up with somebody else but no they wouldn't uh, be caught up doing that yeah actually act, uh, exactly so nevertheless uh the, the the minor league players uh have have are making some stinks about us uh, think about that uh i still hold out hopes that the, that's that they will decide to unionize at some point because i don't think anything else is going to get uh get the job done here but um, what's holding them back from that you know it's it's pretty unclear to me i, I don't know i don't know the situation um, but if I were the MLB, if I were the MLB Players Association, I would make unionizing the minor leaguers a top priority because it because uh, it would hit the owners right where it hurts. He traveled. <laughs> right on. Well, it's a lot of. It, it seems like there's still a lot of moving parts for the MLB to even get get up and running for the season. Um, so, Eric, in perspective, um, when AJ was talking about salaries, um, and AJ mm-hmm. maybe can go into this a little bit more than I know, but uh, the 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 forefront of like uh with that pool of money the 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 first player i think of is pete alonso uh and the fact that um he signed a rookie deal and he had to he uh he won the so what they did to make players participate in the home run derby was give a million dollar if you win the home run derby you get a million dollars he won it twice right but so he won it twice right so he earned two million dollars while he was making from 2019 to 2021 1.47 million and to give you hindsight, he was an all-star in 2019. He was all MLB first team in 2019, NL Rookie of the Year in 2019, and the home run, uh, uh, wow. uh, lead, the home run re- leader, goodness, in 2019 as well. But he was wow. making like fractions of what other players were making. And so uh, he made more money winning the home run derby than he did and he has in his playing career so far playing for Major Holy League cow. Baseball. And he was a rookie as part of it, right? Those rookie, those rookie deals. So – He's on track to make the good news is though in arbitration or uh, what did it say? I pull up an article here. Um, uh, Twenty six years old. So, uh, Alonzo, who won't be arbitration eligible until this winter, is due a modest oh only six hundred k in twenty twenty one, making him one of the baseball's top wow. bargains. So like, wow. he still is getting vastly. And these are you know this is the major league baseball where you get you put up numbers like he is, you can sign like four hundred million dollar contracts or more. So. He's due to get paid when his time comes. Yeah, he's he's getting pennies right now. Good grief. Pennies on the yeah. dollar. I don't have anything to add to that. I just think it's obscene. And and the other thing is that like uh you know these uh 
the other thing that the owners are doing is, you know, they use the they use the luxury tax as a salary cap, which we explained, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and uh, and the way that they do that, they, that's they use they do that so they can depress the amount of money that the players can make in free agency. Um, and so, like, you know, the owners, by means of uh, that luxury tax and by means of cutting off those younger players from getting paid, uh, tries to depress the overall market in general uh, so that the players aren't getting, uh, you know, they can't get it through. Uh, through the rookie deals, and then they can't when they're in free agency. They they end up signing, you know, they they can't they can't get paid uh, what they're worth there in there either. Uh, so it's just really screwed up in general. Uh, it screwed in favor of the owners, like just like everything is in the in this in this godforsaken country. Uh, so uh, that needs to be corrected, and hopefully the MLBPA can can pull it off. It'll be interesting to see how the. Basically, how the negotiations continue heading into, like you guys said, further into spring training. When does spring training start again? Just to give us some, like a timeline. So the players are supposed to report in uh, on in February fourteenth. Wow, that's literally next week. <laughs> it's coming up. Yeah, that ain't happening, Chief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, as always, we here at Go Deep Podcast, we will keep you updated with any negotiation news that we get um, leading up to that, but. Doesn't seem like we'll be uh, you'll be getting any spring t- spring training this time around. Not anytime soon. <laughs> so, uh, another update that I'm gonna pass over to you guys again. Washington Wizards. Uh, last time we spoke about them, I said, "Wow, we're up by 30," and we proceeded to uh, to actually lose that game. So I fucked that up. That's on me. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys, uh, AJ, you mind giving us some insight on what's going on with the team? After a devastating 30-point, they broke down worse than the Falcons did in the Super Bowl, bro. Yeah, fam, it was 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 epically bad. bad. Um, Yeah, the Wizards Wizards are not playing good basketball right now. (laughs) Everything seems very out of touch or out of joint, uh, off-kilter, if you will, askew. Uh, They they haven't figured out the proper rotations to have yet. Um, And so, like, the lineups are really weird um, and screwy. Uh, Bradley Beal is just not playing. He's just not having a good season. He, he, just, he can't, he can't, his, his three point shooting has continued to decline, um, from its high point a couple of years ago in his career. Um, and, uh, you know, Dinwiddie and Beal can't, haven't figured out how to play well together. Uh, they, so the, the so Wes Unsell has had to play them in, in separate rotations. Um, we still, our rookies are still, they're still playing good. We have, we've got, we've got a good team around us. It's just that the shots just for some, for whatever reason are just not falling right now. Uh, and, uh, the wizards are frankly in tailspin mode with, um, with Bradley Beal's contract expiring, uh, this season, his options are to test free agency, uh, and to see if he can sign someplace else, uh, for, and he's going to want a max contract. Uh, and the Wizards' options, uh, you know, we could trade him before the trade deadline coming up in, I believe, ten days um, or nine days now at this point, um, and see if we get some value out of him before it, before he has a chance to skate, um, or we could offer him that max contract um, and, and you know end up paying for you know a player that, frankly, just isn't living up to expectations right now. I mean, he's he's supposed to be the guy. Uh, he's supposed to be playing All Star caliber basketball. And we just haven't seen it this year. Uh, it's it's there's been a game or two, it's been games or two, a game or two uh, when he does actually show up, but uh, for the most part he hasn't. Currently he's out for two the next two games or this game and the next game which are back, which are back to back with a wrist injury. Um, and uh, you know uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what uh, what the Wizards decide to do. I would expect some major movement before the trade deadline. Uh, 
uh, or I don't know, major movement, maybe making a, making a mountain out of molehill. But I think uh, at the very least, uh, we've got too many play- too many good players and not enough ball to go around. Uh, so I'd expect to see some folks uh, some folks shipped out soon. Um, there's some speculation that it could that Daniel Gafford could be moving, um, which I don't think makes a whole lot of sense because we just extended him and he's pl- been playing extremely well. But for for whatever reason, Wes Unseld has been sitting him, um, and I can't think of a reason why they would do that unless they were getting ready to get rid of him. Um, we need to get rid of Montrez Harrell. His contract expires at the end of the season, um, and uh, you know not because Montrez isn't a great player. I love I love watching him play, but um, he's going to be owed quite a, quite a big chunk of change. And I don't think the Wizards are going to have the space to keep him, um, keep him. So I think that they should deal him, uh, in my opinion, but, uh, uh, but yeah. And then, and then of course we've got a bunch of good young rookies that might draw some attention. If you're getting uh, a, a really good player in return, it might make sense. Uh, but, uh, you know, you still hate to see Denny or, or you'd, you'd hate to see Denny or, or, um, uh, or, you know, Kispert or, or, uh, or Roy get shipped, um, shipped out, but, if you get a really good player in return, then it might make sense. Um, Lauren, what have you been hearing? Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, smoke right now on Twitter is what I call it. Um, and a lot of times where there's smoke, there's fire on Twitter about players getting traded like Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, the Wizards essentially coming out and saying that anybody's up for trade right now. Um, and, you know, it's kind of interesting. I haven't seen anything that said Bradley Beal isn't. Um, they're on national TV tonight on TNT and they're getting beat 50 to 36 right now by the uh, – by Milwaukee, but that's a that's a different story. So we've got a yeah, we've got another we've got a rough stretch of games coming up here, playing against some of the best teams in the NBA. Um, so we'll see, you know, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Miami, Brooklyn. Um, our closest cupcake is is until February twelfth against Sacramento. So um, yeah, it's it's kind of AJ kind of said it all there. Um, we'll have to see. There's just that we've got we've got players and we've got depth. Right. And Tommy, Tommy has been a wizard. Tommy Shepard is the wizards GM. Um, he, he's been a, he, he's been a wizard in the sense that he's been able to make great deals, right. Pull kind of um, pull, pull out trades that you're just like, how did he get this player? How did we, you know, Ernie, Ernie Grunfeld is the previous general manager left us in like cap cap hell pick hell. He would trade all our first round picks off. Like they were like that. We got them every year. Um, uh, and then he would trade the first round picks that we drafted. He'd trade them like two or three, a year or two into, you know, into the, um, what after drafting them. And it takes, it takes roughly four years, four to five years to develop a player to see what they're really going to be like. So we just weren't keeping young talent and Tommy managed to get picks. He managed to get players and he managed to get a core and he's, and he's drafted fairly decently. So now we just kind of need to put it all together. Um, whether that means we make trades for the right players or we, um, I kind of, me and AJ are talking about this. I kind of see us at a fork in the road and the, um, so to back up a little bit more, I feel like in the NBA, you're kind of, you, you, you've got two options in front of you. It's either, you're going to be an elite team in top tier, the, the Lakers with LeBron, um, the Milwaukee Bucks right now, Phoenix Suns, Golden State Warriors, or you're in kind of in this purgatory where you're just you're kind of like gonna you might be able to make a deep run in the playoffs, but the minute you hit the the Bucks or the minute you hit the Suns, or the minute you hit Brooklyn with Kevin Durant, like they just they'll they'll just knock you out. And so I kind of feel like we've got two options in front of us: we either go all in for another superstar and try to add a Sabonis or add someone else, or we just blow it up and we go from there and try to get pay, acquire picks and players. Um, and I think Tommy, I think by February 10th, Tommy's going to make a decision on which way they, he goes and what happens next. So um, we'll have to see come February 10th. But yeah, the shots just aren't falling. Um, the offense looks sluggish and disjointed. Um, 
The only real offensive bright spot is Kyle Kuzma, um, which is kind of interesting, really. Um, he's the only – and, you know, I'm watching tonight's game. They just look dead, really. They look tired. He's been um, too. Huh? Yeah, he has been. He had a 30-point uh, blowout – a 30-point game and a blowout against the Grizzlies the other night. But um, yeah, they just look some, – some doesn't look right. And so Tommy's going to make a move, and he's either going to get the player or whatever's raw, a player, if it's a player in the locker room that the team's not gelling around, whether that's Spencer Dinwiddie or someone else, they're going to get shipped out, um, I'm, I'm sure. And uh, we're either going to get something back for him or we're not. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We February 10th is the, the trade deadline, so just just kind of keep your uh, – I believe it is. Uh, I'll double-check and circle back and double-check, but yeah. Yeah, and just to put it into perspective for folks, uh, they started out 10-3 and three and since then. I believe the number is they've gone 13 and 23. Uh, so it's like a complete reversal of, of where they were at the beginning yeah. of the year. Yeah, that's unfortunate to see. It was like one of those things, you know, at the beginning of the season where everybody had so like, not high hopes. Well, yeah, high hopes to a certain extent. And then, um, yeah, it's been sad to kind of see them implode. I think I, I'm going to, if he ever listens to the podcast, Ludacris, I'm calling you out for it, man. It was that, it was that pretty bad. I think it was that concert that did it to them, man. They never just never recovered from that. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> we still love you, though, Ludacris, to an extent. Love you, Luda. But, uh, Come on the pod. Love you, Luda. So, before we get into some of the meat and bones here, uh, the head coaching update that I'm going to give here, I just want to go over um, some positions that were filled. So, she, the Chicago Bears hired uh, the Indianapolis Colts former defensive coordinator Matt. Edward Fless, um, he's he led the Colts defense for like the last three years. Um, one of those sneaky good defenses. So now he gets another defensive team in, in Chicago to kind of work with. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do with Khalil Mack as a chess piece. He's got Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson. Um, so excited to see what he can bring to the table there. The New York Giants uh, hired Brian Dabble, the former offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. He's been credited with creating the playbook that basically shot Josh Allen into uh, the stardom that he's in now. Um, so a bit of a quarterback whisperer. I don't know if the Giants plan to keep Daniel Jones and hope that Brian Dabble can work his magic, but we'll keep an eye out on that. Uh, the Broncos hired uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who's the former offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. This is probably my favorite hiring here. Uh, Hackett's been under uh, LaFleur for – I want to say like two or three seasons at this point. Um, he's kind of, I think he's under underappreciated in terms of what he can bring to the table as an offensive coordinator. I think he's creative, um, understands the new NFL offense. So with all the weapons that Denver has, uh, I'm actually really excited to see what he can do. They just got to get the right quarterback in there. Also and check last... out his debut novel, uh, A Wind Sings Among the Pines. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over the fact you said his name sounds like a like an author. <laughs> sounds <laughs> like a novelist. Hackett. Yeah. Brought to you by Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> um, the Las Vegas Raiders hired Josh McDaniels, uh, who is the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots for the last few years. Um, he actually had a head coaching job for uh, a while. I forgot where at exactly. I think it was in Denver. Um, before he got the boot, went back to New England under Belichick. They said um, he's learned a lot, so we'll see what he can do in the in uh, Las Vegas. Um, also, Jim Harbaugh, uh, head coach for uh, the Michigan Wolverines, uh, 
reportedly had an interview with the Minnesota Vikings for their for their uh, vacant head coaching position there. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, there's been hella rumors about Harbaugh coming back in the league, and it looks like there is some substance to those. Um, honestly, the offer would, would probably have to blow him away. I think it would probably make him the highest paid head coach in the league if he were to come out of Michigan to coach for an NFL team, but keep an eye on that. Um, and then the Jacksonville Jaguars are out here just being the dumpster fire of an organization that they are. They wanted to interview the offensive coordinator for, I think they wanted to interview the offensive coordinator for the Niners, someone. Uh, they couldn't get the interview because they didn't send in the request on time. So just to give you an idea what a dumpster fire Jacksonville is, that's going on. <laughs> so Godspeed, Trevor Lawrence, the yeah, fucking Jaguars the Jaguars, the Jaguars are like, if the this is fine dog, Jeff, we're an organization. <laughs> yeah, well yeah because their owners just sitting at the top they just they you just get money it just you just you just hey just has it they don't have to do well it just prints money for them so yeah they're like we don't trevor we lawrence should demand a trade immediately <laughs> he should he should pull up he should pull an eli manning be like i'm not i'm not playing here just, anymore you gotta yeah, trade just me. hold out and get a demanded trade pulling odell back yeah <laughs> there you go yo someone get trevor lawrence's dad on the phone <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Odell Beckham, uh, Odell Beckham Senior, I heard is in the running for Father of the Year. Uh, so we'll keep you an update on that. He deserves it. He really does for yeah, all facts. the work that he did. Freed um, his son from those chains. Yeah, man, big news there. Um, before we get into the Brian Flores thing, because that's that was a huge bombshell that came out today. Um, it is officially official. The greatest to ever do it, Tom Brady has officially retired from the NFL after 22 years in the league, uh, seven Super Bowls, just an absolute dominant career, first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. Um, AJ, any thoughts on on Tom Brady? Any Anything you want to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, I remember when he first like got his shot, uh, it was uh, early 2000s. Um, we went over, Lauren, you remember Mr. Dennis, we were over at Mr. Dennis's house cause the Washington yep. football team was playing the, the New England Patriots. Uh, Drew Bledsoe started that game, uh, and, uh, and he got hurt, uh, taking a sack, I believe. Uh, and I remember thinking, oh man, we took their starter out. Uh, you know, I feel bad for the player, but like, I was like, that, that's probably pretty good for our chances. Uh, we did not win that game. Uh, Tom Brady came in, uh, and took the starting job from Drew Bledsoe and never gave it back. Uh, so, uh, ended Drew Bledsoe's career basically as a starter in the NFL. Um, uh, and, uh, like, you know, what can you say? 22 seasons. Uh, and honestly, like he had said originally, someone on Twitter had pointed this out. He had said originally, like, yeah, when I can't do it anymore, I'll stop, you know, I'll retire. Uh, but really he didn't do that. He just kind of, he kind of goes out, uh, you know, not like, um, you know, a boxer who's taken it too far. Uh, but rather than that, uh, he goes out on top, um, one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the league still to this day. Um, I believe he led the, the league in touchdowns uh, uh, this year. So uh, man could have kept passing, going. Honestly. And passing. And I think attempts to or completions, one of the two. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, what, what, what can you say about that, man? Epic career, uh, more championships than anyone else, than, than most franchises in the NFL. Um, just, just one of the greatest to ever do it. Don't know if we'll ever see, uh, somebody that, that good again. Um, hopefully we do, but it's going to be a while. 
Uh, Lauren, how about you? Yeah, no, uh, he's uh, the greatest to ever do it. Probably the greatest. Uh, he's the greatest that is positioned to do it. Probably the greatest NFL player uh, ever. And uh, people can we could we could argue that I guess. But uh, seven Super Bowls and him him just a repeated excellence. Uh, and what's uh, interesting is he's got the NFL record for games started, um, NFL record for wins, NFL record for completions, NFL record for attempts, NFL record for passing yards, NFL record for uh, and touchdowns. So, like, he also has got probably more playoff NFL records than anybody else. I saw something today that said he's won 12% of all Super Bowls. So, like, when you, like, think about that, that's just, like, insane that he's won 12% of every stuff of all Super Bowls. Like, that's just – that number is just astronomical. And what's wild is he won the first three uh, – he won his first three pretty quick, right? Like, within the first few years. And then he kind of went on a drought. You know, he he didn't win one for 10 years after that. So it wasn't until 2014 when he got back to, to winning another one. So, um, you know, and then it's the, the other thing is the fact that he won four of them when he was like, well, he won one when he was 40 and then he won the other four when he was later in his career. And you just sit there and think like, you know, your body's, you got, your body's got to be wearing down. Like, I feel like you've got to get, you get worse with time in the NFL, but he just got better. So, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough to go to a game this year to go see Tampa Bay play, see him play one last time. So right, I was pumped. Right. I'm pumped about that, even though we beat him. So my Washington football team soon to be named tomorrow, beat him. So um, I was, I was, that was, but that was fun. That was an experience. You know, he, he's like uh, AJ said, my earliest memories are going to Super Bowl parties at Dennis and Kerry's house because Dennis was a big Patriots fan and watching the Super, watching him play in the Super Bowl, right? Earliest memories of football, right? Is him, um, him and the tuck rule in the snow. And then uh, let's see, what was the other one? Uh, yeah. So like just watching those games, watching him, watching him, watching him play. Yeah. So just, those are my earliest football memories are those of, of is Tom Brady winning. And so it was interesting. Someone said that the younger generation will, will, will see it. will know him more for maybe being in Tampa Bay than being, right. cause he won a Super Bowl there than being in new England and the legacy and the dynasty he built there. So it's, you know, it's, it's sad to see him go. It's an end of an era. I was doing, I was looking at this up the other day. It seems like the only quarterbacks left that are, were kind of, um, I would say like it toward you know towards the end is or older is like uh Aaron Rodgers, maybe Russell Wilson if you want to group him into that category and like Matt Ryan. And then after that it's like a whole turnover in the NFL for quarterbacks and yeah. teams um and guys retiring. Um so it's just you don't you know that that era is over. And so it's just it's just interesting. So, you know, the, I think the NFL's in good hands, but we'll see where we go forward from here. Yeah, I mean my early, oh man, where do I start? Uh, Tom Brady, man, absolutely tormented all my early football experiences as a Jets fan. I mean, from just owning us in the regular season, uh, Thanksgiving, watching the butt fumble live as they crushed us by like 40 points uh, before halftime, uh, all the Super Bowls. I mean, I won't lie, though, some of my favorite experiences, too, uh, in regards to Brady were like, when the when in the Rex Ryan era, you know, when we beat them in the playoffs a couple times, uh, that was so much fun to watch. Darrell Rivas uh, picking them off as he tried to lob it up to Randy Moss as an example. So um, I told my girlfriend the other day, you know, when 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 it was the fake announcement by Adam Schefter, I was like, man, I'm about to cry. And it's like I hated the guy for so long, but he's literally like one of the best to ever do it. I, I mean, I remember I even teared up when Peyton Manning retired. You know, the sheriff rode off into the sunset after winning a Super Bowl. So, uh, Tom, thanks for making the game kind of fun, but thanks for making it also boring. 
Uh, as my Jets said in their social media account, I hope this is true. Uh, may you have a happy retirement and please do not ever come back. <laughs> yeah, go, go, you know, be a, be a dumb guy, like retire. I, I recommend that you do all the dumb guy stuff, like go mm. like hang gliding or something like be photographed on a once. beach with like, and you know, look like you have never played a sport in your life. Uh, what you're like with your hot wife, uh, do, do the NFT thing. Like do that, do, do the Ponzi yeah. scheme thing yeah. and lose like, lose like eat a chocolate chip cookie. Eat a yeah. chocolate chip cookie or some ice cream and like enjoy yeah. life, you know, like have yeah. a pina colada yeah. or like, uh, I don't know, uh, eat, eat a piece of candy maybe. Yeah. Go get drunk something on like a that. beach in Florida or something and make an ass of yourself, uh, so that we can see photos of you in TMZ with wearing bad swim trunks. Uh, look, look, if there's one thing that we know is that if we give Tom Brady tequila, facts, uh, he, not only does he toss Lombardi trophies, but he may do some other wild shit. So, you know, yeah, team up true. with the rock. Co-sponsor Terramana or something. Absolutely, you know, yeah. Go find a tequila to sponsor. Like, just be drunk all the time, uh, uh, you know, and just, just, you know, right off until your dumb oh. guy sunset, but my dude. You know what? Boy. Go link up with Julian Edelman. Make some Bud Light seltzers. There you go. There, there you go. go. There you go. Oh, yeah. Team up. Team up with Rob Gronkowski. Maybe Gronk will retire too, and they can make dumb, you know. The freaking army federal commercials together or whatever. Oh, yes, that would be perfect. Hey, you, yeah. you know what, Tom? Tom, go back to New England and become like <laughs> become like a spokesman for like this a weird like regional insurance chain, like like yep. do Eastern yeah. Motors commercials except in New England. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> out out in Nantucket. Tom Brady's get it. <laughs> Something like that, Tom. You know, have your people call our people. We'll make it. You know, we'll, we'll give perfect, you some advice man. here. Look, we, you know? we, we will hold you down, man. We will keep you out of trouble uh, yeah. until you, you know, you, you become like an NFT mogul or whatever. Whatever, whatever floats his boat, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In all, in all seriousness, it's good to see him, you know, walk away from the game while he's healthy. And not in a wheelchair or anything like that. So yeah, that's yeah, a big. Look, that's a you big can thing. still speak. You're not like Tom. You're not Troy Aikman. So like that's yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not a that's not a tall bar to beat, though. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Troy Aikman is pretty. Yeah, but oh. I think he. Huh? I said I was gonna say I think the big reason is he's. Uh, that's what some guys were saying today. Is he can he's still like somewhat like he's only had like one major injury, the ACL tear, I think, and then after that, yeah. you know, he's kind of still able to function. You know, he doesn't have bad knees. He doesn't have, you know, like um, they said when Jordan came back and played for the Wizards, the reason he stopped was his knees wouldn't let him play anymore. Um, wow. One guy I was listening to who played in the NFL who retired said that um, I got carted off. I broke my leg. I carted off. I came back and I tried to play. But, like, your body just can't respond anymore. He doesn't respond the way it used to anymore. So, at least yeah. he's going out with sort of peak, peak physical condition. I'm sure he'll probably have shoulder problems. You'd assume, right? You just assume yeah, at that point. How I mean, many passes? I mean, he's got to be something. Yeah, guys, I got it. I got it. Tom, do a, a weird Cialis commercial. Throw footballs through hoops. What the fuck? <laughs> you said Cialis commercial? Yeah, you guys don't remember that? Was it Brett Favre that was in that commercial, oh like throwing God. a football through a hoop or whatever, yeah. or through a through a tire swing? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you need what's the other one that I, 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 copper wire I, I, yeah yeah copper yeah. wire wrangler yeah he did wranglers. wranglers and then copper um, wire yeah I, I want i want weird old guy commercials from you i want that for you fam. 
immediately. Well, they're coming. I bet they're coming. Him and Peyton about to team up. I bet oh, they're coming. Yes. Oh, him and Peyton need to have a show together. Get on. Yeah, facts. I don't Get on True TV, HGTV. I don't give a fuck what channel Just it is. Just have a reality show. It. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch, I'll watch it. it. I'd watch that. I'd watch you guys watch be dumb it. guys together. Actually, Payne's kind of yeah. smart. I I take that back. He's not a he's not a dumb guy, but but Tom Tom definitely is. So maybe like Tom could be the color guy, and Payton could be the play by play. Tom has Tom has the uh, the wittiness for it. Like he has got the quick comebacks. I feel like yeah. yeah we I, could uh, what we could do is we could throw Marshawn Lynch in there as a sideline reporter. Oh right? my like, god! Just cut to Marshawn on the on the sideline interviewing players and talking to people. I would watch that show. I would watch that commentary, whatever it is. I would watch it every week. Oh yeah. And you know what? Any, nothing else. You, if not, if you could say nothing else about the analysis, it's that you would learn something every time from those guys. So hopefully, Absolutely. hopefully Tom, that's what you decide to do with your time. Give us weird commercial old guy commercials. And then transition into uh, doing a show with Peyton uh, and and Marshawn and Beast Mode. So give us that. That's that's all we ask. You know, you guys know he's got gigs lined up out the ass right now. Oh yeah, like people chomping at the bits. Oh yeah, also come on the podcast, <laughs> dude. If we could get Tom Brady on the podcast, it might, I might do something myself. for us. We might just turn a corner. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if any if any of our listeners here know like a cousin's roommate who's second cousin is like related to tom brady and can get us in contact feel free to drop us a line yeah man. at our socials at go deep underscore podcast on everything so yeah absolutely uh uh you know i feel like we need to we need to step up our like we have to get a patreon and then we get rich off but i want that joe rogan money that's what i'm really asking for here right yeah yeah <laughs> i want to invite Sweet. famous celebrities to my podcast so that i can give them uh so that i can give them false medical advice and uh and then be racist and transphobic all the time hey man as right. long as those checks clear as long as those checks clear. <laughs> no, and, and in our defense we'll just say that you know our, our we were we never wanted to you know spread misinformation or be complete assholes we just you know we wanted to talk on our podcast and bring different points of views and you know that's just what we're trying we're going to try to do yeah exactly you know, you know whatever whatever we got to say at that point spotify uh can boost us and you know kick off another hall of fame rock and roller just keep yeah, our if podcast you, on if you pay me a million dollars a year i will tell you that rupaul is like uh is the the, the devil or something yeah. I'll, I'll definitely say that something like that <laughs> i'll say right. that i'll uh, say that uh obama's not black and uh and you know he's uh, He's not from Hawaii. Yeah, he's not from Hawaii or whatever. I'll say I'll, I'll say all that kind of crap if you give me a million dollars. First certificate. What's it? What was that? Where is he born? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a dunce. For the record, <laughs> as a as another podcaster, I fucking hate Joe Rogan. <laughs> Screw that guy. I hope all his equipment like short short fuses. I mean, I know you can buy new ones like at the drop of a hat, but still, I, I, at least he'll be inconvenienced for a bit. I hope he works out too much and. Uh, because uh, he takes testosterone. I hope he works out too much and he rips all his shirts. They so have to buy a bunch of new ones. Yeah, there you go. What do you <laughs> I got hope, for I hope your one? biceps get so big you can't touch your forehead. His like leathery pork, like pork, uh, the same texture as whale blubber face. Yeah. Yeah, Joe I hope, Rogan I, sucks. Yeah, screw that guy. I hope Joe Rogan's biceps get so big he can't he can't ever scratch that itch on his back. 
it just bothers him forever. Yeah, because you can tell you know wearing a lotion is like skin is like sloppy. He's dry as hell. He, I think he's honestly competing against Kevin Durant for driest skin on the planet. Mm. And that's that's sad because you know he's there's nothing worse than an ashy white boy. Like it, you get ashy as a white guy, it's like bruh, you you look, look like you look like you have a skin condition. You look like <laughs> you look you look like bits of you are just falling off of you as you walk. You know you look like a walking dandruff. Like yeah, you look <laughs> yeah, like you look like if if you if you put your arm on a on a black surface, you look like you're a piece of chalk, just leaving yourself. Down. You should just turn this episode into like us just roasting the hell out of everybody that we. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like that would be I I think people might actually really enjoy an episode like that where you just roast the hell out of people for just, a, the, like an hour the, and a half. The Go Deep podcast roast of all our favorite sports uh, sports stars. <laughs> Troy Aikman looks like he he suffers a stroke every time he's broadcasting. <laughs> Troy Aikman's uh, Troy Aikman's collar looks like he's squeezing his head out of his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Buck Joe Buck looks like that kid who gets put in detention has to sit next to the stinky kid all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Someone rescue Joe Buck. <laughs> Free my man's. For you, like hashtag for you, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Enough of enough of the of the roast sesh here. Um, for now, yeah, we'll 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 shelf it for now. But uh, there there'll there'll definitely be plenty to talk about and roast uh, in this next segment here. Uh, big bombshell coming out of the NFL, as I mentioned, a lot of head coaching vacancies this year. Um, amongst those, Miami Dolphins fired in a surprise move, Brian Flores who um, he interviewed for the New York Giants position, uh, which he did not get because Brian Dabble took that position. Uh, I believe he's interviewing for the Saints position tomorrow. Uh, we'll see if that goes through because it turns out today that Brian Flores is suing the NFL. He is suing the New York Giants. He is suing the Miami Dolphins, all for uh, racism in hiring. Uh, so for those at home who are not familiar there is the Rooney rule in place in the NFL. What this means is whenever a team has a head coaching vacancy, they are requ- required by this rule to interview one person of color for the head coaching position. Um, now, every knowledgeable and, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Everybody with a brain realizes that uh, the NFL team's interview the people of color to comply with the rule, but they don't necessarily do it because they're really interested in that person coaching um, because it's a good old boys club and they always just like to recycle head coaches. Um, I'm going to toss it over to, to AJ to, to highlight some of the things as well, because I don't want to take all the thunder, but uh, big news coming out of here. Uh, AJ, give us, fill us in on some of the things that came out. Yeah, let's let's establish the timeline first, just so we can uh, we know what facts we're dealing with, and then Lauren, if you can fill, if you if you wouldn't mind filling um, filling in the stuff that I might I might leave out. Um, but uh, so this past season, uh, Brian Flores, I believe it's his third season with the Dolphins. Uh, he led the Dolphins to their second uh, their second ba- like a back to back winning season. Um, they just missed the playoffs at the end of the year. Um, and, uh, you know, so obviously having seen some success, you would expect, and especially since the dolphins were in rebuild mode, um, having seen some success, you would expect him to, to, to come back to finish out the rest of his contract with the dolphins at least. 
um, or at least they would reevaluate at that point when he, once he had finished his his contract. But no, uh, in a surprise move, as Eric has highlighted, the Dolphins uh, gave him the can um, and uh, uh, kicked him to the curb. And um, uh, the whole NFL was kind of shocked by this. Uh, Brian Flores was a, was a winning coach. Uh, there was there was no reason really to get rid of him, yeah. um, or at least none that we could see. Um, and uh, so he waits until the first day of Black History Month uh, with uh, with the NFL uh, just about to, to put on the Super Bowl um, and drops this lawsuit uh, against the um, the NFL alleging employment discrimination um, and, and in particular racism, uh, a pattern of practice of racism in, in hiring. Um, this this racism is well established, actually. It's not even really like disputable. And the NFL itself has acknowledged uh, has acknowledged the problem of not hiring enough black coaches. Um, but it's seen, some of the juicy details in the in uh, in the complaint. Um, and to be clear, this is these these are these facts aren't established uh, aren't established by the court yet. So technically, all of this stuff is um, is alleged. Uh, but it looks pretty pretty solid uh, to me. Uh, you know, so take that for what it's worth. Um, but this all seems to have come to a head uh, after Brian Flores was uh, was fired from the Dolphins. Um, he went to interview for the New York Giants football uh, uh, coaching position, uh, head coach position. Um, and uh, right before that interview took place, a couple like a day or two before, uh, Bill Belichick texts him and says, uh, and says, heard you got the job in New York. Uh, you know, that's great. And Brian Flores kind of texts back and says, um, yeah, uh, I have, I'm supposed to interview with them tomorrow or, or in a couple of days or whatever. Um, and, uh, Bill's like, yeah, well, it's, it's looking really good. I heard from Buffalo that, that, uh, you know, Buffalo wants you too. Uh, and then Brian Flores, uh, sort of texts back and uh, after a minute and goes, coach, you know, you're talking to, uh, to, to Brian Flores, right? Not Brian Dabble. And, uh, and then Co- Belichick texts him back, uh, and says, uh, yeah, I, I fucked this up. My bad. Uh, sorry. Uh, and Flores hadn't even had the interview yet. So, you know, that the New York, uh, the, the giants may not have complied with the Rooney rule. I'm not sure. Um, now the giants have come out with a statement saying that they, uh, that Flores was in the running for the head coaching position until the very end of, of the decision-making process. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, saying yeah, that, right. saying that they didn't violate the rule or whatever. Uh, I don't believe that for a second. Um, especially not with Belichick, uh, doing this thing. Uh, it should be noted that the the NFL has apparently rather lax opsec uh, operational security. Uh, by the way, all these texts and emails keep blowing them up like this. Uh, so maybe somebody might want to get on that. Uh, but in any case, um, so <laughs> get Lauren on the job. This this and this comes after. Yeah, exactly. Give 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 my man's uh, get, get my man's paid for real, uh, so you can put me on. Uh, so anyway, the uh, <laughs> so the the. Um, so anyway, that took place after he was fired by the by the by the uh, Dolphins. Prior to his firing with the Dolphins, uh, it has come out that the um, that the Dolphins were um, uh, he he and ownership were but Brian Flores and ownership of the Dolphins were butting heads. Uh, in particular, there seems to have been an incident in which, um, uh, and this is this is reporting from um, the uh, from a Dolphins beat reporter down in Miami, um, but apparently. Uh, when Tom Brady had left the Patriots and was looking for a new place to go play, uh, he wanted to either play in Tampa or play in Miami. And uh, so uh, Brian Flores didn't think that Tom was right for the organization, considering that uh, Miami was going through a rebuild at that point, which is a long-term rebuild, and Tom Brady wasn't 
you know, he's not a long-term prospect. They only played for a couple seasons in Tampa. Um, and so uh, Brian Flores, first of all, didn't think that Tom was a good fit for, for the organization. And second of all, uh, talking to Tom before he made that decision to go to Tampa was because was was a violation of the tampering rules of the NFL. Um, and apparently the owner of the Dolphins, can someone look up his name? I don't know what his name is. The owner of the Dolphins invited uh, Flores to go have a meeting with uh, or a lunch or something, something with the Steven, owner. Stephen Ross is the owner. of the. Dolphins. Thank you. Stephen Ross on his on his yacht, apparently. Um, and so he shows up to, to for this for this meeting or for this meal. Um, and, uh, Tom Brady and basically, uh, uh, Ross says that Tom Brady is going to be there. Um, and Ross, uh, Flores immediately left because he didn't want to violate the tampering rules. Um, and apparently from then on, um, Stephen Ross had considered, uh, considered Flores difficult to work with and not, uh, you know, not some like, he considered, like said he was like an angry black man, basically. Um, and so, uh, so, so the bad blood goes back that far. And apparently also, apparently also, this is also pretty hilarious. Uh, the ownership wanted the Dolphins to tank in the draft class uh, so they could get the number one pick. And uh, the Stephen Ross was apparently angry that the Dolphins were winning games. And he offered uh, Flores $100,000 a game that if they lost every, like he would pay him $100,000 for every game they lost that season. Uh, and Flores was like, my guys are winning. We're going to keep, we're going to keep fighting. Like we're not going to tank uh, for draft position or whatever, or, or I'm not going to like tell my guys to, to lose um, on purpose, uh, you know, probably because that would have destroyed morale and, and, you know, the dignity of the, of the freaking team. Um, so Ross was pissed off about the Dolphins winning too many games uh, and apparently goes back that far. This is all in the complaint, by the way. So you can look this up uh, for yourself. Um, and then in addition to that, the complaint also details the past pattern and practice of, uh, of systemic racism in NFL hiring. Um, it actually had published pictures of NFL ownership, NFL head coaches, NFL GMs, uh, showing, noting, uh, how many white, how many, how many of them are white. Uh, and, uh, it's just like Eric said, uh, the NFL's, the complaint basically alleges the NFL is a good old boys club, uh, and they constantly pass over higher qualified candidates. Shout out to Colin Kaepernick. It get, he gets a mention in the uh, in the complaint as well, um, and uh, so so yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much what's in the complaint. The lawsuit was filed on the first. It should be noted, filed filed on the first uh, day of Black History Month, which was I thought was a pretty baller move. Um, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. It's going to be a long drawn out process, uh, probably, uh, unless unless there's some sort of quick settlement reached. Um, I don't. I didn't remember looking for looking to see whether he asked for phys, like monetary damages in the suit. Um, but he definitely does ask. I, I noted with some interest for uh, several systemic fixes to the NFL hiring process, uh, including um, including making sure that more black candidates get interviewed and black people, black candidates are involved um, in hiring processes, not just for um, for coaches, but also for owners um, as uh, you know, for bringing on ownership as well. Um, Lauren, did I leave anything out? Uh, it also notes that in the um, it also notes that there's a he had an interview for the Denver Broncos a few years earlier and they all showed up the uh, uh, John Elway at the time was the general manager the owner oh my God, uh, yeah. whose name I'm escaping uh, uh, was blanking on um, all showed up an hour over an hour late to the meeting and hung over visibly hung over visibly you could tell they've been out drinking yeah. the whole night before 
Um, and to anybody that's ever had an inter- who has ever had an interview, um, when the interviewer shows up an hour over an hour late and doesn't give you a reason why, and you can tell looks disheveled and doesn't look right, you can tell I'm not getting taken seriously. And and that's just in an environment that's not even the NFL; it's a multi-billion-dollar organization. Right. So you could tell immediately the disrespect coming from that. If don't waste my time because uh, I don't waste yours, essentially. So the, the, the you can already tell he wasn't going to uh, – he could already – Brian at that time could tell they weren't interested in him. The the Broncos weren't at that time. Um, so that also that's also highlighted in it as well. Yeah, the, uh, the, the complaint calls them sham interviews, and it looks like this might be a, an actual thing that the NFL does is uh, just call in coaches of color to interview them so they comply with the Rooney rule and not actually, like, taking any of them seriously. Um, and, uh, shout out to John Elway for showing up, uh, completely hammered. Uh, we will roast you for that. Uh, <laughs> my guy is like, my guy is like 57 years old, like still going out to Ragers and, uh, showing up to work late. Uh, I appreciate the dedication to the, uh, to the bit here guys, but maybe, uh, don't treat your coaches or potential coaching prospects like garbage like that. That's, uh, it's not a good look, John. Yeah, no, it's not. No, so the the it's so some hindsight here. The Rooney Rule requires that the teams interview at least two external minority candidates, right? So they had in, they had they had already um, interviewed an internal minority candidate, uh, the Giants did before the Brian Flores. So the, then they interviewed another external one. Um, so two external minority candidates for a head coaching job, and at least one external minority candidate for a coordinator job. The Bill Belichick text came in three days early from Brian Flores's uh, before uh, before Brian uh, Flores's interv- uh, interview was supposed to be scheduled. Um, then the, not not only did Brian have to go to the interview, which he did, he had to eat lunch with the GM, the the I think the and the owner, um, have dinner with them, and then give an extensive interview process on top of all of that, just to know he wasn't going to get the job. That's I think that the, the I think the biggest thing that uh, we here's the thing I've that it's kind of keeps coming uh, back to me is the point coming back to me is we all knew this was knew this was going on, which needed it in writing and Bill Belichick gave it to us and maybe mm-hmm. in those emails that get found out on the third too right so that so I think they're supposed to go through those as well what who else knows what happened in the John Gruden firing emails uncover uncover as well but this is a big thing I was listening to a I think a lawyer talk about this. She was essentially saying this opens the door for other coaches to bring forward their cases in certain circumstances that this happened to them as well. Um, and it lists uh, AJ listed a couple coaches, but like Eric Bieniemy is another one who might come yep. forward and, and talk about his issues. Um, so you know, maybe next, maybe uh, uh, maybe the NFL just you know painting and racism in the end zone didn't really do the trick, huh? You know, just yeah, right. Apparently not. Didn't really. Yeah. Uh, but as AJ said, the that's what the. Um, that's what AJ, what AJ said is exactly right. The the Rooney Rule is essentially the the they just interview minority coaches just across that check that box off, and so they don't get in any trouble. Um, and they know everybody knows they do it, and that's just, this is the proof and the writing we needed to um to 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 uh, uh to 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 bring it forward as a lawsuit and sue them. I hope Brian Brian Flores turns the NFL upside down, and I hope he doesn't settle and he makes no deals and he he plays this out to the very end. The hard part, though, I feel like with the NFL is that, and I'll never forget this line from the concussion movie with Will Smith: "Is the NFL is a bunch of lawyers, and they've got the money and they want to if they want to play hardball, they can play hardball." And the court, I feel like the courtroom is like their 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 football field. So like, they're they're I guarantee you they're ready to go up to bat, so they're ready to ready to go to war. Um, because they they live in they live in the resources. So, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So So, here's some other perspective, right? So 
Lauren, you were mentioning like other head coaches or other coaches in the league who, who could, you know, hop on board the case. Just to name a few, um, there is Eric Bieniemy, as you mentioned, David Cully, who literally had the one and done in, in Houston, handed the impossible position. Um, anybody who says Cully like is just not a good coach, obviously didn't watch the Texans play. I mean, they they hung around with a lot of good teams. They handed the Chargers an L, like. Not just anybody could do it with a roster as depleted as them. Uh, so just for for some hindsight, Steve Wilkes, uh, he was the he was uh, I believe he was head coach for the Chargers like two seasons ago, uh, before he got one and done out of there. Byron Leftwich, another one who didn't even get the position uh, in Jacksonville, which I thought he was deserving of, uh, considering what he's done in Tampa Bay. Todd Bowles, Leslie Frazier, Pep Hamilton. You can go as far back as. Uh, potentially even Tony Dungy, um, David Caldwell uh, in Detroit. So it's just like an endless list of head coaches who are set with a double standard, uh, given impossible tasks, and expected to just you know step up to the plate and do the impossible. Um, so there's that. Uh, another thing that really stuck out to me was the quote that Brian Flores gave out, uh, and he's and I quote. God has gifted me with a special talent to coach the game of football, but the need for change is bigger than my personal goals. In making the decision to file the class action complaint today, I understand that I may be risking my coaching, or I may be risking coaching the game that I love and that has done so much for my family and me. My sincere hope is that by standing up against the systemic racism in the NFL, others will join me to ensure that positive change is made for generations to come. So like right there, he already admits to that let's let's not pretend that this league isn't you know vindictive. Like my man's one hundred percent going to get eight balled. He interviewed with the Saints today. Guarantee he's not going to get the call back. Sacrifice an entire career that he's only forty. He's a young dude. Sacrificed everything, just like Cap, for just to bring this to the attention. The the best thing that we can do is make sure that like you know. Our podcast, other podcasts, journalists, everybody, we speak about it because it's a huge deal. This needs, like, this needs to rock the boat. Um, I, I there's uh, CBS in the mornings has already scheduled an interview for Flores tomorrow morning, seven a.m. Anybody care to watch it? Because I might just have to wake up to watch it. Um, another interesting part about the case too. Stephen Ross offered Flores a hundred thousand dollars for a loss. Much like in baseball, the league is now in cahoots with gambling. So not only do you have racism, but now, like, what's the status of the integrity of the game? Because you're offering coaches 100K just to take an L, and then you throw in gambling. Dude, there is so much shady shit going on right now. I, I honest to God, and I think they have some substance here on the case. I mean, I'm no lawyer. Luckily, we have someone on the podcast who is a lawyer. but. I feel like they have a good. I feel like they have a good case here that could really like send shockwaves throughout the league. Um, I mean, what's up? What's up, AJ? No, I was just gonna say it, it, I'm I'm not a lawyer technically because I didn't take the bar, but I I do have a JD from Harvard. So, um, yeah. but I will say that uh, I will say that it does seem to be a pretty solid case to me. Like I can see why uh, his lawyers would have encouraged him to bring this suit because um, you know, especially with the texts from from Belichick. I mean, that makes it. Um, you know, that's, that's a pretty, that's pretty damning evidence. Um, to be honest, I would, I will say, uh, it's up to Flores to like carry this as far as it's, as it's going to go, because I guarantee you that 
one of the teams is going to offer him a job in exchange for dropping that lawsuit. Um, because, and we may never hear about it, but I, I guarantee you something like that will happen because the NFL is the Thanks NFL. So. Um, and so, so, uh, especially, and you know, I would expect it to come relatively soon because, because like your, uh, like Lauren had mentioned, it does open the door for other, uh, complaint or other plaintiffs to come forward and make this a class action type of type of deal. Um, which, which would look not only, I mean, look, the optics are bad for the NFL, right? Uh, and let's be clear, the NFL is reeling right now, right? They've got this, this new lawsuit that just got dropped on them. They've got the John Gruden suit threatening to blow open the, uh, you know, the doors behind their, their little secretive cabal. And then on, on, uh, on, uh, Wednesday, they've got the, uh, uh, or sorry, Thursday, they've got the congressional hearing, uh, looking into the Washington football team's pra- uh, practice of, of misogyny, um, and, and, uh, sexism in the workplace, um, so, so, you know, they've got three, three threats here to, to the, to the NFL's like little clandestine, uh, uh, layer of doom or whatever, uh, a legion of doom type, type stuff. Um, so, uh, and I think in, in particular, this one has a lot of legs, uh, because the 19, the civil rights statute that they're, that, uh, he's alleging that the NFL has violated. It's not like, it's not like, uh, the John Gruden case where the NFL kind of has, a, has a, has an argument that this should be put arbitrated, you know, by, by a, by an arbitrator that the NFL gets to pick. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, this is dangerous for them. It, it really is a huge threat. Um, and so, uh, it's exciting to see. I'm happy that, uh, shout out to, shout out to Brian Flores for, uh, for, you know, for having the courage to do this. He, he's absolutely right that he's risking his career. Uh, we know what they did to cap, uh, Kaepernick. They're going to do the same thing to him if they get a chance. Um, but, uh, hopefully that, hopefully, uh, Flores's rallying cry will, um, will call other people to, to him. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we can, um, we can make a push here, uh, and maybe get some systemic changes made to the NFL hiring process, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to say nothing of, uh, you know, compensating Flores for the, for the BS that, uh, the ownership uh, class has been putting him through. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I got a, uh, so Lauren, I know you're going to say something, but I also want to throw ahead, into ahead. that, um, for you specifically, give us some insight. Cause like, I'm not as familiar with gambling as, as you are um, like the proper way to do it. Yeah. I just gamble on the side uh, for funsies. So when, with, after what you're going to say, give us an insight on like you as like, if you were to go somewhere to gamble, like now knowing owners can just throw the head coaches cash to lose. Like, what does that tell you as a gambler is like, even though watch other sport, but anyways, after what you're going to say. No, yeah, I was going to allude to what AJ said. He he mentioned a little bit of it to make the lawsuit go away would be uh, to be for an NFL team to hire Brian. Um, and, you know, but <laughs> here's the other funny part. They'd be getting a guy with 24 NFL victories as their head coach, which is 13 more combined than the total of the four coaches hired so far in this cycle. Um, Good grief. That's some of it. And then uh, my other my other point was um, you can write it takes all of us on the helmets all you want, but maybe start with the owners. Um you know, uh, uh, and the other, my last, my last sad truth, the, 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 the sad truth of it all to me is that, you know, the, the NFL has gotten us by the gonads and we'll be all huddled around the Super Bowl watching it, you know, and you know, it's, that's the, as bad as it is, it's, that's to me what I keep circling back to. They've, it's the NFL's world and we're all just living in it is what someone told me one day. And, um, anytime I hear something like this come up and I'm like, yeah, well on Sunday, I might be just probably going to be sitting in front of the TV watching it. So it's the it's the sad truth, and hopefully we see some change. And this brings it to light. Um, a player, uh, one of his former players, was on the radio this, today, getting interviewed, and in, uh, or who, who had 
play uh, yeah he had coached brian had and um he said that brian's paving the way for other people um so his his sacrifice now is going to pave the way as as they go as um as as the nfl goes forward and moves forward so it's going to be interesting to see what else comes up and comes out of this yeah i think um i think the, the, you know it's interesting that you say that like that you know we're still going to be watching it because i think i think there there's a argument to be made here from the left in my opinion about you know what sports is i mean sports came to us i mean the game of football originally came to us from you know late 19th century uh that goes all the way back really to the middle ages honestly um is kind of where these sports get their origin from um you know football comes from american football comes to us from uh, a game that was originally called gridiron by the by the brit the british um by the english um and that game gridiron goes all the way back to the middle ages so like it was it's a pre-capitalist idea so it's something that we um you know we as humans have enjoyed uh you know competition in sports for you know obviously throughout you know throughout humanity's existence but like that this particular game predates the capitalist social relation and i think um one of the things that really kills uh that really kills us and like makes the sport more awful is this parasitic this parasitic vampire ghoul class of human beings who get to sit at the top of of the sport and make decisions about right about games that they they've never played games that they could never play at this level uh games uh and human beings bodies whom uh who who you know who have pushed their bodies to the the, the peak of a human achievement um right. and they're the ones that get to make the decisions these these blubbery uh these blubbery ancient uh vampires who just get to get to do all this kind of crap uh who have no regard for for the product that they're putting on the field no, um and no regard for pockets. the humanity of the of the of the soldiers they're sending out to go and and get in the trenches you know they don't care they don't care about that right. um and i think the re- like i saw i saw uh i saw someone on twitter saying like you know the answer is diversity and ownership and i'm to, to me that is not the answer the answer is not more black faces owning football teams the answer is public ownership of professional sports uh the public owning it being able to control it democratically and the players running it, not the, not the owners uh, putting out this really crappy, horrible product for, for all of us to see it's getting the things that football is about the things that keep us coming back uh, week after week. We're not slaves to the game because uh, you know, we're not like addicted to it. It's not a drug. It's normal human activity to have something like this occur, like to have competition uh, to enjoy a game uh, to make up arbitrary rules and just and just have a have fun with it. Uh, that's that's normal human activity, and you know we don't have to feel degraded by the fact that we're going to be watching this uh, these these the competition on Sunday because it's the only competition that we have to watch. Uh, but it is important to keep in mind that the world doesn't have to be like this. Like you could just have it run by uh, by means of of democracy. We could we could do this uh, together as a whole. Uh, but instead, what we have currently under capitalism is this uh, horrendous cabal of secretive vampires uh, sucking the blood of, <laughs> of the players and sucking the money out of your pockets to go in and do something that humans have been doing for thousands of years anyway. Uh, it, that doesn't seem right to me, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a well, dirty commie, so. Uh, well, no, and to build off of you, dude, like, like, let's think about this, right? Let's think about this logically. Whenever a team comes to a new city, like or comes to the city that they're in they're like hey we want a new stadium where does the money come from 
oftentimes it's from our taxes. So, motherfucker, if I'm paying taxes for you to play here in a place that my paycheck is quite literally contributing to being built, uh, I should own part of that shit, motherfucker. So it, it, it only makes sense uh, for us to have a say in what happens in these teams and to have more of a voice and to be publicly owned because we are quite literally out of our own pocket giving you a place to play. That's That should be a privilege, not a right. And with a privilege, you know, we should have some say. So it's not far-fetched what you say. The other side, the other thing I wanted to touch on too is like, you spoke of, you speak on like sports having this relationship with us as humans, uh, pre-capitalists and like in the industrial times, um, in the industrial period, specifically when workers were like had nothing to do and they would go to the bars after a long ass shift of, you know, slaving away for these industrial pigs. What do they do? They would go to the bar, get fucked up and show up late to work the next day because they're hungover. So what did what did these industrialist vampires do? They created organized sport. Why? So that instead of going to the bar, their workers would just go to the soccer field, play for like two more hours, be completely worn out to the point where they're like, I can't even go to the bar right now. I'd much rather just go to sleep. And then sure enough, they show up to work on time. And that's how that all starts. That's how the working class was dominated through sport in a time when like capitalism was on the up. And then because of that, the these industrious realize wow we can pump money into this thing and you know just get people to to buy into it and then sure enough down the road here we are where we have disposable bodies of these football players boxers basketball players hockey players soccer players whose bodies are quite literally used until they're no longer valuable on the team tossed aside like a like a like a toy that you're no longer interested in you buy a new one and the only reason that we do it is because sports like football sports like basketball that uh boxing that require well football is a, a unique concept because it does require a lot of equipment but basketball doesn't boxing doesn't it's a means to an end for a lot of people in, in certain positions where they can't get out of it i mean if if i'm a kid in the inner city and i'm told that the only way for me to really break out of this perpetual uh class that i'm stuck in there's no hope for me i'm, I'm locked in this caste system the only way for me to come out of it is to be like a professional athlete. That's what I'm going to dedicate myself to do. And that's all I'm going to be thinking about because that's the only way for me to come out. And it's been, it's perpetual. We see it all the time. These kids get promised loads of money. And it's once they hit that point, they don't know what to do with it sometimes. And it, it's, yeah, it's, it's sports. Sports can be bad. Uh, I learned about it very, very harshly in, in college. And it made me hate sports for a while because I'm like, this is really disgusting what we're doing here. But like AJ said, I mean, I I feel bad sometimes watching the sport, but at the same time, it's like uh, part of me is just human nature. I just really like that that fun, that competitiveness, and all that. So it's a it, sometimes I feel like on a like I'm on a slippery slope because I I love the game so much, but at the same time, it's like man, there's so much shit that just needs to change. And we're if everything goes right with this case, we we may be in a position to make that happen. Or you know, if we make our voices heard, if people start to realize and wake up like, no, this this can all really change, then hopefully that's what happens. Um, I'm really pumped to see Brian Flores. I mean, I'm, it's unfortunate to see him have to give up a career because we spoke about it not three weeks ago about how surprising it was and what a great coach he, coaching job he did. And it's like, 
man, I'd really love to see him coach somewhere outside of my like my team's division, um, and just really see what he can do. Because I genuinely, you can tell by the players that he had on the roster, like they loved him, they balled for him. So just to have these, like AJ said, these grimy old fucking wrinkly old vampires just pull all the strings in the shadows. It's like it's really sickening. So well, and his lawsuit points to that as well. The closing point what? is how there's no, there's no, uh, what is it? all the owners are like, there's no black NFL owners, I think, or something like that, right? Doesn't the, I thought the, the, the last page of the lawsuit yeah. showed like a picture of all the NFL owners. Yeah. And yeah. so it point, I feel like it points to that as well. But, and the annoying part too is like, watch. So, like, the, the NFL, I don't know how they did this, but like, they're, they're selling the Denver Broncos, right? Like, the rumor mills that the Broncos are going to be sold. Watch them just sell it off to a black owner. Just to like try and save face, just to be like, oh look, look what we did. Like, like he'll be like top. a partial owner. Just, or something. just, an, just yeah. an update to that story. That it's not a, it's not a rumor anymore. The the Broncos are for sale. It's official. They're for sale. What? Okay. They're gonna they're gonna sell it to like what? Like someone someone's uber rich, like like Jay Z for example. And just I was about to say, be Diddy Jay Z. Yeah, be part of a committee, and he'll be a part owner, and there'll be a bunch of other heads involved. But they'll they'll put him at the forefront to say like, "Oh, we have a black owner." And it's like, mm-hmm. dude, hop off it. Yeah, facts. That well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like the 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 solution, as we have seen, you know, we grew up under Barack Obama, so we know the the solution to racism isn't more black faces in high spaces. It's it's you have to change the system fundamentally. Um, yep. You know, and until that's done, we're going to be stuck with this hor- horrible, parasitic. Uh, vampire class sucking the blood out of the things that we, you know, taking their pound of flesh out of the things that we love, just so we can, just so we can access it. And you know, that's basically what all all capitalism, cap, yeah, capitalism is, is taking yeah. normal human activity that we used to do before for free, and ensuring that somebody can can make a profit out of it. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I just want to point to the fact that the stuff that we all hate, uh, we could just decide not to do it. And it always comes back to there's some rich asshole taking his cut at the end of the day. Uh, and he shouldn't be, we don't have to live that way. And I wish that we didn't. Um, but, uh, can we take a second and just clown John Elway for a second? Uh, my guy, <laughs> like, all right, first of all, first of all, when I read that passage, it didn't surprise me at all. Like in the complaint that John Elway shows up to meetings drunk because if you've ever seen pictures of John Elway in the booth, my man looks like he's drunk, like just all the time. Just like oh, yeah. if you've ever seen him, like if you've ever seen pictures of him in like the ownership suite or whatever, you could tell he's been hitting a bottle of whiskey since like 10 o'clock in the morning. Since he retired. I mean, the the day he was drafted, he rolled up in a limo and had Budweiser in his hand. Like, Bruh. oh boy is not, oh boy was not shy about his drinking. Uh, he had a, you know. He's just sitting there getting questioned. He is wearing sunglasses, sitting there getting questioned as a Budweiser in his hand. Like, oh boy, oh boy throws down. But uh, I have, <laughs> I mean, he also did play in a violent era. That 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 uh, that image of him doing a helicopter in my head, I always remember that going for the touchdown. So you know, I'm pretty sure is I'm pretty sure he drinks to hide some of that pain. I mean, I mean look, I, mean, I don't I don't want to begrudge a man his his drug of choice, but. Uh, Oh, I'm not arguing. I'm not saying you should stick up, just, go show up to an interview. That way. <laughs> I mean, what is my man's doing, my guy? Like, what are you doing? You're John my man's looks like a, he look. He looks like beef jerky that's mar- that's been left to dry out. <laughs> like he's just so dehydrated looking, bro. He looks like he looks like lingua when you leave it out for like for like oh a day my or God. two. <laughs> that's like this color of his skin. <laughs> he he looks like a topographical map 
of the state of Colorado. <laughs> My man's got the Rocky Mountains on his cheeks, bro. <laughs> it's just all angles of this is just is. Let's talk about Bill Belichick. <laughs> like, how the you know, oh. damn well. I feel like Bill is at the point in his career. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm if I go down at one point, I'm taking them all with me. Yeah, you know I'm going what, down swinging. You know what it is, man? Like, these guys are all old. They don't know how to open PDFs. Like, like Bill Belichick <laughs> is like, Bill Belichick just like, he's like, oh, yeah, I can send text messages with my cellular device. And, like, just sends his sends his little texts or whatever. Just uh, the one let, me send a, let me send an electronic message real quick. Yeah, then, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> electronic message. <laughs> It's, and it's so funny to me uh, that he was like, it, 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 of course, both Brian's that that he coached is like, yeah, this this looks like uh, this is Brian. I know Brian. I'm yeah. Brian. Congratulations. <laughs> let me uh, let me send good old Brian a short message service. Uh, Brian, congrats. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Flores is probably like, uh, coach. <laughs> the fuck. That's no. He literally said that in the text message. He was yeah. like, coach. You mean you're talking? You mean to talk to Brian Flores? Right. <laughs> I loved his response after that. He's like, "Oh yeah, sorry, I uh, I messed that up. I, I fucked that up. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I, I, I love, I, I messed that up, BB. And then like, like Bill Belichick <laughs> signing off. He signed. Yeah, this is Bill Belichick casting off. <laughs> Just in case. And the other part, the other great part about it is that now that it's in the case, like Bill signed that text message. Yeah, he, like, he initialed did. it. <laughs> Just like, just in case there's any shredded doubt, he signed it. BB, uh, initialed it. BB, I mean, I can see him now on the on the in court. Is like, uh, that was me. That looks like uh, Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I moonlight as a or no, my my cousin moon. He uses my phone, and uh, what had happened was it was my assistant. Uh, yeah. My assistant. <laughs> I I like to think that at some point he showed his son like the headlines, and his son was probably like next over his shoulder, like. <laughs> mouth all open doing the weird tongue thing. tongue out just uh, he's like reading yeah. it he's like yeah that uh, he's like doing yeah. the doing the uh the barty crouch like lip licking thing from harry yeah. potter yeah uh, <laughs> you're you're fucked up dad yeah <laughs> that's not good dad it's not let's, good uh let's go get a happy ending huh where's uh where's my cocaine where's my cocaine <laughs> What a fucking shit show! What a, I, 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 and I really want to emphasize what a fucking king Brian Flores is for the way facts. that he, like, he Big just facts. dropped this bomb on the first day oh, yeah. of Black History Month. Like, Big facts. That's not just a baller move. That is a king move, man. Like, what? My man's just playing chess, not checkers. Facts. <laughs> like, man, I feel like he was sitting on this for like a week. He's like, you know what? I'm a, I'm gonna just fucking do it. Oh no, this was coordinated for sure. It was well planned. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's hilarious to me. It's like <laughs> Brady must have read the room, like or something. It's just like I'm out of here, guys. My frat boy, <laughs> my frat boy ass is out of here. Yeah, facts. Like, this is yeah, he might have said someone might have gotten to him, been like, "Hey, um, your name might get thrown in some of these allegations." He's like, "I'm done. I'm retiring. <laughs> I'm, I'm good." Retired. Get, getting shit on again once again, Big Ben. Uh, no one's gonna remember you. Oh my god, uh, I forgot he was oh, at the Hall of Fame. Is gonna be. I thought he died because Tom like, I didn't even know he was a thing. <laughs> ben I forgot Roethlisberger all about him. I thought he retired five years ago. I didn't even know he was still playing up until this year. You know, it's uh, it's nice to see that for once, Big Ben has to realize that uh, he's just a piece of shit, and nobody really cares. 
Facts. So. Bye-bye, Ben. Man. You know, in the middle of all this, I almost forgot that um, we still have to talk about the game, the Super Bowl. Mm. Um, so before we do, oh, yes. uh, Lauren, any parting shots before we get into that about, you know, the floor situation or anything like that that you want to add in? Go, Brian. Woo. All right. <laughs> AJ? Nah, facts. Uh, shout out to Brian Flores for, for doing this. I mean, uh, putting your career on the line, risking it all. Uh, taking on, uh, you know, some of the most powerful people in the country. Uh, good luck, Godspeed, and uh, sol- uh, grim solidarity. Yep. Yeah, and I just yeah, just reiterate what both of you said. Go, Brian. Uh, I'm rooting for you, man. And, man, I'm, I'm stoked to see what comes out of this. I, I genuinely hope it's not one of those things that just gets brushed under the table. I hope, I hope this blows shit it, up. It can't. So. There's no way. So, well, man. Hats off to you, Brian. Thank you so much for what you're doing, bro. Um, as Lauren alluded to, uh, in two weeks, we'll be watching the Super Bowl. Uh, it'll it'll be the Cincinnati Bengals, led by Joe Burrow, one of my favorite young quarterbacks in the league, versus the Los Angeles Rams and Lauren's dark horse to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they'll be playing in SoFi Stadium out there in Los Angeles. So it's kind of a home game for the Rams. Um uh, I'm sure Bengals fans will take notes from 49ers fans and flood the stadium nonetheless. But, man, um, Bengals played their heart out on, on Sunday. I watched I watched that whole game. That was absolutely insane. Um, shout out Eli Apple. He really did make uh, – Coach 30 roasted the hell out of Eli Apple, but he really did make a hell of a tackle on Tyreek Hill in the open, in the open field uh, to stop a first-down conversion. That would have been huge. Uh, man – T. Higgins just looked unstoppable. My girlfriend was like, that's a big human being. And I was like, I watched him absolutely dominate the Chiefs forty the Chiefs secondary. I was like, that is a big human being. Uh, He's large. Yeah. And Zach Taylor found ways to get Jamar Chase the ball. Great coaching on his part. I mean, just I, I don't want to say that. The Chiefs had Chase's number for the first half, and then by the second half, it was like, good luck. Good luck stopping him. They had us in the first half, not going to lie. Tell them to bring me my money. <laughs> uh, Lauren, what did you think about the game, man? Chiefs versus yeah. Uh, Bengals. Yeah, I you know, I blew up the group chat when the Chiefs were blowing blowing the doors off them. And, you know, it looked like the Chiefs were just going to run away with it. The inning score was going to be like 37 to 10, you know. And then the um, Bengals get a get that half t- get that stop right before the end of half. Um, they the Chiefs did not follow the Lauren rule. The Lauren rule would have said kick that field goal, <laughs> kick for that field goal right there. And guess what? Maybe right now they're sitting in the Super Bowl. But uh, you don't follow the Lauren Relax. rule, you don't go to the Super Bowl. It's part right. of the problem. Um, for those of you tuning in this now, Lauren rule is kick the field goal at all times, especially before halftime. Um, and they, you know, uh, Tyree Kill is probably the fastest guy in the NFL. I don't know anything, anybody else who's faster, but that's it. That's his speed. That's all he's got. So if you can get your hands on him, you can be physical with him. You know, most of these dudes are big enough, and that's what Eli Apple did. He got, yep. he's able to get to him before Tyree could use his speed to get to the outside and just shove him to the ground. Um, so, you know, uh, props to the Bengals for real. I, like I said, I thought they were out the door, and they completely fit, flipped the script. Um, uh, and we're able to, to just shut Kansas City down. Um, the, it was funny. The commentators kept saying the Bengals need to change their defense. And I think they kind of kept with the, the same, kept rocking the same thing in the second half. They just started getting to Patrick Mahomes and Pat Mahomes started making some mistakes. So, um, you know, the interceptions he threw were, were wild. Um, 
And sometimes in the NFL, it's better to be lucky than good. And I think the Bengals have just had things go their way, things bounce their way this 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 year. You know, it's kind of one of those. So the the sports with the beats writers around here joke about it all the time about how like you would think that this after thirty years the Washington football team would like luck their way into or like you know have one good season where they get hot and they just go to an NFC Championship game or Super Bowl just one you know where every, the cards fall correct. Um, it's kind of like what they're happening. I feel like it's happening a lot with the Bengals here. You know. They're all just these young guys that don't realize how big a moment is. They're just out there playing and they're 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 competing and they're doing well. You know, they weren't supposed to make it this far, so they're just playing with house money, it feels like at this point. Um, but yeah, the game was incredible. You know, who'd have thought we'd get another overtime? Um, who thought Kansas City winning the tip would lose, you know, when couldn't score, couldn't convert. So yeah, it was a fun game for sure from start to finish. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of poetic justice to see uh, Mahomes led the comeback with like 13 seconds into overtime to Kelsey to take the, you know, take the game. Yeah. Um, and then he coughs it up with 13 seconds into overtime against the Bengals and it just yeah. turns over that way. Um, and rumor, rumor is that the rookie kicker for the Bengals on the way to kick the OT winning field goal literally said, uh, well, looks like we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> he's got to at that so, point. Dude, he's got swag, he, man. That kid's got swag for real. Bro, and he like he looks like that one kid that would sneak snitch on you at recess for like not sharing a ball. That's <laughs> what the person looks like. But he is such a good kicker. Like he's oh, got yeah. cojones, bro. My man looks like Gus from recess. <laughs> that's what it's Gus. <laughs> Literally. Yep, that's Gus. Gus Griswold Gus. out there kicking field goals. Doo-doo. Doo-doo. <laughs> um and then the Rams beat um God, who, hey yo, like, I got oh, I got to say shout, shout out to uh, shout out to comrade Joe uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, all this tweet surfacing, oh like God, where he's yes. like critiquing the capitalist socializations of uh, of college sports. Oh, uh, yeah. My man's is my my man's is my new favorite uh, my new favorite guy, and uh, my heart is with the is with the Bengals, even though I think the Rams are probably going to the Super Bowl. Comrade Joe, though. comrade <laughs> Joe, comrade Joe. Either way, either team that wins, honestly. Well, before I get into that. Uh, Rams beat the 49ers in another tough uh, NFC West matchup. I didn't watch the full game. I watched the first half. And the 49ers, I will say, man, they hung in there. They were striking. That defense was, wow, was just playing lights out. Uh, Jimmy played. I mean, you know what? I gave Jimmy a lot of flack during the regular season. He, he had a good game. He had a solid game up until he gave up that interception at the end. Uh, tough break on that one. But. I'm excited to see Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl. I really want that man to get a ring. He deserves it, uh, especially for a Hall of Fame career that I'm sure he's going to have uh, before it's all said and done. But uh, did you guys did you guys watch that game at all? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was able to Lauren? catch it. I saw I saw the whole thing. Yeah. So I texted. I think I texted my uh, texted you guys or someone and said we're, we're really going to have a 49ers Bengals Super Bowl. Like none of these Chiefs like Rams powerhouse teams are going to pull this off. And this is probably in the third quarter when. The 49ers defense was playing dominant and they were up 17 to seven and the Rams looked just lost and flabbergasted. Um, but the, they managed to, to, to pull it together. You know, obviously Cooper cup probably should win offensive player of the year um, with his amazing stats. A- yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He should be an argument for him. If he had 11 receptions for 142 yards and two touchdowns. So the, the 49ers played the game that they wanted. The 49ers played a scrappy physical grinded out sort of game just the rams were able to 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 kind of put their foot on the gas in the fourth and 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 come away with it um they were down they were down 17-7 in the third and they they just went on they uh they they went on to score um 
let's see, uh, 16 points after that, you know, on stop on, um, and, and the 49ers had no, nothing they could do against it. They stifled them. Uh, I think that Aaron Donald and Von Miller really flipped the flipped the switch there in that fourth quarter and really started getting to Jimmy, starting putting pressure on him. Um, and, you know, Jimmy decided to try to throw the ball backwards uh, while it's getting ripped down, and that just didn't work out well. Uh, never really does in the NFL. Um, you know, it's like the 49ers were in it despite – I'm going to – Eric, I'm going to contradict the point you just said. The 49ers, it seemed like they were in it despite Jimmy. But we knew – here's the thing we all knew going into that game. Jimmy had to have a big game. You knew it. He had had horrible games leading up to it. You knew the Rams were going to make Jimmy beat beat them. Um, and they were going to do their best they could to stifle the running rushing attack. Though Debo Samuel only had seven carries for 26 yards. He also only had four receptions for 72 yards and one touchdown. So, you know, they kind of just – they kind of just made force force the ball in Jimmy's hands a little bit and um, were able to pull it out there at the end late. So now, so uh, I mean, it was again we we were blessed with two really good games leading up to the Super Bowl. So here we are, Super Bowl matchup is set. Uh, I'm gonna toss it to AJ first. Who you got here, man? Uh, Rams or Bengals? Yeah, like I said, I would love to see the Bengals win this football game, but I've got uh, I've got the Rams probably winning. Uh, eking this one out i just you know i think the defensive uh front um of the rams gives the edge to them um in my opinion like i I just think that you know despite the fact that obviously joe burrow can play through nine sacks and still win football games um (laughs) uh i think there's you know jalen ramsey uh is back there uh you know where's that where's that football gonna go you know when 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 joe's got to get rid of it uh or i mean i guess maybe he just maybe he just pulls it down takes nine sacks again i don't know um, but it just seems evident to me that the offensive line of the of the Bengals is not capable of of stopping a, a, an elite defensive front like the Rams have with Von Miller and and, um, and Aaron Donald, um, and so I would expect to see uh, a pretty high amount of sacks, um, and I would expect to uh, you know the Rams on offense they have their moments sometimes they can they can kind of um, uh, lay an egg and sometimes they're you know at other times uh, as we have seen as we saw last week they can they can really take off after you know in a single quarter or whatever. Um, so I expect, I, I, I would, ex- you might see a blowout. That's possible. Um, if the offensive line just becomes that much of a problem for the Bengals. Um, if the Bengals are able to pull things together, um, then it's probably going to be a much closer game. Um, but I would expect that defensive line to make the difference at the end of the day. So I'm, I'm taking the Rams in my head. I would love to see, uh, in my heart. I want comrade Joe to win. Um, uh, Joe Mixon also uh, is is went off last game. Uh, yeah. uh, I saw some of the moves he put on those uh, the, that secondary. Oh my goodness, just filthy. Uh, so you know, I look for him to have. I'm looking for him to to him to have a big game, and I think he kind of has to if, if the Bengals are going to be in it. Um, but in any case, I'm taking I'm taking the Rams. Uh, Lauren, tell us about the uh, the odds. What, what's what's Vegas thinking? Yeah, Vegas is the Rams as well. Um, the wow. spread has moved from four. I, th- I believe the open, opening line was four. It's moved to four and a half in, fa- uh, in favor of the Rams, obviously. Um, I like that. I kind of like that number, especially if the number keeps moving. Um, the Bengals have put up enough of a fight this season, have made things close, that I wouldn't be surprised if they. it's a closer game than most people think. Um, uh, the money line's minus 200 for the Rams, and the Bengals are plus 170. Uh, the over-under's at uh, 48 and a half. Um, 
yeah, so Vegas is telling us that they they think that the Rams are the clear and clear and away favorites. And I would say the same thing, but the Bengals have they, you know, every time there's a clear and away favorite, the Bengals seem to upset them. Um and just our second seem to be a second half team and pull through. Um I've got the Rams on of for a few reasons. And uh, one of them is that the like AJ kind of said, their sheer their sheer pass rush against that Bengals offensive line. I think that that's going to be a big, big, big difference maker. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they play, how well the Rams play the screen game. And my personal opinion, I feel like that's what they're going to, the Bengals are going to try to do a lot. They always try to set up Joe Mixon and screens to neutralize the, the, the Rams D line pass rush. So I, I'm interested to see that. Uh, interested to see if Samaji P Ryan will take another, another uh, screen to the house again, you know, former OU and, and Washington <laughs> football team uh, running back. That was fun to see. Um, these teams are kind of what's interesting is these teams are kind of evenly matched. Uh, they both put up 27.1 points a game and they both allow 18, uh, eight. Well, uh, the Rams allow 18 points and the Bengals allow 19 points a game. So they're like kind of right there in sort of that, um, you know, both offenses are passing yards average or, uh, the Rams average 287, the Bengals average 282, you know, so it's kind of like their, their, uh, rushing yards are uh, Rams 99 Bengals 102. They're kind of like evenly matched. I just think the biggest difference maker is going to be that offensive. Can they get to, um, can they get to Joe Burrow? Uh, I think that the, the Rams defense has to have its biggest game here. And obviously that sounds dumb, but I think that the, um, the Kansas City defense, Kansas City's defense, we knew were was just was a Swiss cheese, right? Like we knew you could probably slice and dice them up or stay in a game because of how bad they were. Yeah. Um, they had been showing flaws all year. They, uh, they, they, you just, you just seen it all year that they're they weren't they're like ranked horribly in every category. They just weren't the same. So I think the I think the Rams defense is better than theirs, and I think they step up. But like I said, um, the the Bengals have been underdogs in every single game so far this year, and they've they've come out on top every single time. But I'm t- I'm still going with my Rams on this one just to hammer home this this claim. What about Man. you, Eric? Man, uh, as much as I'd love to see the Sean McVay redemption tour, um, so this this is really going to come down to two things: can Zach Taylor scheme scheme around his offensive line? What I mean by that is, like you guys have alluded to, between Von Miller, between Leonard Floyd, between Aaron Donald. There's a lot of pieces on that defensive line that the Rams have. And I can't name a single offensive lineman for the Bengals. Just to attribute, you know, how non, non-intimidating that offensive line is. Like, despite that offensive line, Burrow has managed to absolutely light it up. And I think that's in spite of the line. Um, so you're going to have Ramsey locking up Chase, which is going to be a hell of a matchup to begin with. Can T. Higgins continue to blow up the playoffs will tyler boyd step up can p ryan and mixon do enough in the in the screen game and the pass passing game to you know be a quick uh, a quick dump off for for burrow can they be safety blankets for him he's going to need it aaron donald is has shown time and time again that whether you double or triple team him he can, he can get through it um and you gotta you gotta stay true to Von Miller as well. You can't just I mean he's on he's he's in the twilight of his career, but he's they made the trade for him for a reason and it's paid off dividends. Um so I think man, I I wanna go with the Bengals because I love Joe Burrow. Uh I'm rooting for them. Uh I think the Rams do pull out the win. Uh oh, okay. All- I swear, I thought you were going since. <laughs> I wanted to, but but genuinely, man, that that defense for the for the Rams is, it's just something. It's they're playing lights out right now, 
I mean, yeah. they gave they gave Brady nightmares. Um, they they forced that that they forced that uh, interception by Garoppolo. Yep. I mean, and they're stepping up in times. You know, like I said, yep. the the 49ers had dominated to that point up until the till the that fourth quarter there, and then all of a sudden the Rams flipped a switch. Like Aaron Donald grabbed all his players and were like, "We're not losing this. Like we're better than this." And then they just literally just just tore apart. The, just started getting to they Jimmy and making it. his life a nightmare. Um, and I, you know, I think it's honestly credit to maybe their D coordinator. The D coordinator may have had his, may have had a trump card to play there late and was like, all right, this is what we're going to, we're going to switch it up on him right now. And, you know, yeah. started getting real aggressive and maybe pinning their ear, ears back more. Um, and players just playing better, you know, stepping up and things like that as well. So I yeah. think, yeah, but yeah, it'll be, I think you're right. I think it'll be interesting, but I, you know what I, I think the Ram, I think the Bengals, I, maybe they keep it close because they've, I they've shown, that. they've shown how they've, they've, they've battled in all these games. They just so, have so much guts. Yeah, exactly. They're just gutsy. Um, I think. I think. I think it'll boil down to, like I said, ultimately, it's going to be Zach Taylor versus Sean McVay's game plan. Uh, McVay's been here before, right? He he knows what it's like to take the L. Um, yeah. I don't think he wants to live through with that again. He's. I mean, do you guys recall that one interview where they were like, "Do you remember what you called on this play at this time?" Oh this yeah. Down? Oh, he yeah. remembers every play. He remembers the play, what play they called, the play they called after it, how much time was left on the clock, how many timeouts they had, like who was on the Dude, field. Like he remembers all It's like of encyclopedic. That. It really yeah, is. It's yeah. wild. And a that's guy like some... that, I don't yeah. think is gonna I don't think he's gonna go down easily at all by any stretch of the imagination in the Super Bowl again. He did it once and I don't think he's ever gonna do it again. If he's in the I'm Super Bowl, you. he's gonna ball out I'm as a coach. You. So I think he's I think he's we're gonna see some folds that he's just held in his back pocket for the situation. And I think guys like Miller and Donald are just they're gonna come out. They got they got a week off right now. They're gonna rest up and they're gonna eat. And I think it's gonna yeah. be a clinic against that that Bengals offensive line. And finally, what all the scouts and all the insiders said about criticizing the Bengals for not investing in that offensive line, I think it'll finally show, but they still got to the Super Bowl, so you know. Yeah, I was gonna say. But yeah. Well, gentlemen, uh I think you know, I think this is a good point to uh, to call it here. We'll be keeping everybody updated again on the Major League Baseball lockout uh, situation as that unfolds. Uh, tomorrow, we will have a update on the Washington Football Team's name, Commanders. Who? Uh, what are you guys? What are you guys hoping it is? I mean, rumors are it's going to be out. Commanders. Yeah, They've already leaked it. Yeah, that's what I saw too. So, hey, yeah, at least you get to do the commies. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm going to call them the Washington Commies from now on, so that's just going to be a thing. Hope you guys get used to that. <laughs> Command, some dude some dude on Twitter said the Commandalorians or something like that. <laughs> and he, he posted okay. a picture of Mando with the burgundy stuff, like covered in burgundy and gold okay, or whatever. Okay. So, Right on. But, and uh, I'm excited to see what the actual logo and like your mascot actually looks like. So we'll, we'll fingers crossed for that because it might be ugly, so. <laughs> yeah, well, it's about time we had we had those things in the in the first place. So I was gonna say, that's, that's well, true. and it and the credit some guys. So, I, so for me, it's it's that it's new, right? So like, if you look around yeah. the NFL, there's a team called the Browns, the Arizona Cardinals. Like the Cardinals, Cardinals and strike fear in your heart. Or you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the Buffalo Bills, like the Packers, Green Bay Packers. Like to me, it's just that it's just the Commanders, and it's new. Thirty years from now, it's gonna be like, oh, they're just the Washington Commanders. Yeah. You know, like we think of the Browns or the. Bengals or whatever or some some random team some yeah some just random be another color, name. so yep 
Yeah. Also, like, let's be clear. Or the Giants this really the doesn't matter Giants. that much, like, at all. Like, yeah, it doesn't. Just, yeah. Like, if they if they go to the Super Bowl next year, everybody's gonna love it. So, I've been like, to be honest with you, like, I've been really annoyed with watching football Twitter recently because it's just like, shut up. Like, I don't care. It's I really don't <laughs> care that much. Just uh, yeah, I'm, over I'm, I'm, pick a name. Pick a name. I'm so like done with it. Like, yeah, I don't give. A, I don't care. Just 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 give us a name, please. Give us a name. Give us something to identify as. Yeah, facts. Seriously. Well, um, oh, we'll also be be sh- be sure to keep everybody updated on the Flores lawsuit as things facts. unfold and as they develop. That is something that we are heavily invested in, so we'll be keeping you all updated on that. And with that, folks, as always, go deep. Go deep. Good night.